Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, talking on common sense about how to start, grow and love your tutoring, teaching and coaching business. And today we're going to have a sideways look at company structures, the choices and benefits and pitfalls of being able to operate businesses in different formats. There are basically three big decisions we can make. The easiest one for most of us is that we operate our business as a sole trader. In essence, this is incredibly simple to do. You just register as self-employed as having a, a business with HMRC and you get on with it. You fill out your self-assessment form at the end of the year and there's no real separation between yourself and the business aspects of what you do. Now, as the owner of the business, and there's no separation, you have unlimited liability to any debts and legal obligations and actions uh, that the business incurs. It, you know, it is simple to operate, but there is that big downside. It's very common for for people to just sort of decide on day one they're going to start tutoring or running their little business and getting on with it. Now, I think it's pretty important that we do notify HMRC right on day one, even and perhaps even especially if you're in a day job and you're just about to start your journey into the wonderful world of tutoring. Although I hate being taxed, as most people do, I really want you to pin your ears back and listen to this, guys. Pay your taxes. You can sleep at night. You won't worry about getting found out or, as we say, dropped your dobbed in, being shopped for tax evasion. You probably won't have to deal with a tax investigation or HMRC audit, which are extremely hard difficult they're a pain they'll wolf down your precious time that you could be better spending making more money and helping more people your tax liability as a sole trader especially if you're a sole trader who has a payroll job a paye job maybe you work in a school or some other occupation the two parts of what you do are blended together and you will only pay tax on the total combined incomes. Now, if your little business, say your tutoring, has a lot of costs, that could mean that you'll lose money in your business. When you declare that to HMRC, they will offset that loss against your income in your day job, effectively lowering your net total income. That means you could start a new business, register with HMRC for tax, lose money. Maybe you've got a lot of setup costs. You've got to buy computers. You've got to buy software. You've got to get insurance. 
you'll be running your car around when we're out of lockdown, going to and from places, charging yourself 45p a mile. You could lose a lot of money that way, which means you could get a tax rebate. Certainly, this is completely legitimate. I was surprised um, when I first heard this idea years ago, but it is true. <laughs> because you only pay tax on profits combined with your POE income or your losses combined with your POE income. So further advice to this one, of course, is have a separate bank account for your business money so you, it's easy to trace them and salt a little bit of it away for any tax bill you might have thrown up. Benefit of having your own small business like this, sole trader, is of course pensions. You can contribute to self-invested personal pension. It's worth taking good professional advice about that. They're a good investment because the government will pay you to save. Do talk to a professional pensions advisor about this. Be aware, though, that all the time you're acting as a sole trader, you have unlimited personal liability, so make sure you're insured as well. So the next step on after sole trader for me is a limited liability partnership. This is an agreement to operate a business between one or more persons, I have a limited liability partnership. Half of it is owned by me. The other half is owned by a limited company, which I solely own. This has been a very efficient way of doing things for me for my property business. The, the limited liability partnership is set up with the objective of making a profit. Uh, it's highly favoured by people in professions like accountancy and law. Obviously, it's favoured for a reason. It runs different tax regulations to limited companies. There's no corporation tax, for instance, and it's owned by the partners themselves. There are no outside shareholders. You must have a minimum of two. You must have designated decision makers. The partners themselves, me and my company, are responsible for the day-to-day -day running of the partnership. We're also responsible for submitting the accounts to HMRC, and we have some limited liability. Now, on a tax basis, the partners or the members of the partnership pay tax on their personal income. Through our normal self-assessment, that's how we do it. It's, it's pretty straightforward. The partnership also has access to SAS pensions, which are small self-administered schemes. We'll cover a little bit more of that when we've looked at the third company structure, which is the limited company. Now, I'm actually talking about private limited companies here, which all sounds very grandiose to me. It's one of the most popular business structures in the UK. 
A limited company is a separate legal entity from me. So my company, Neil Cameron Limited, is a completely different legal entity. The people who own that company, i.e. me, we are standalones. This gives me some separation from the company itself and protects my assets. So it's pretty simple to set up a, a company, go to company's house, find a name you like, set it up, off you go. The, the caveat for me is you must have a registered office in the UK to register here. You get a company number and off you go, kiddo. All of the, the history, the current appointments, the people involved in the business are in the public domain. They're all on company's house. As a matter of public record, this transparency, if you like, can be good for you when doing business. It gives you credibility. If you've been in business 20 years and it's on company's house website and you're still there, there's been no change in personnel, the business looks very stable. There are certain things that you can call the company. There are certain things that you absolutely cannot call the company. And the ownership of the, the company itself is governed by the holdings of shares. So you must have at least one share issued at the time of incorporation. Now, if there's only you and you're setting up your own company, happy days, they're all yours. You have sole ownership. If there are other people involved figure out who owns what 50 50 sounds great on paper 51 49 to me sounds a lot better as long as i have the 51 percent of all shares because then i get to call the shots i have control of the majority shareholding i do it my way i'll do it by consensus if there's another person involved but if I can't get consensus, that extra 1% makes a big difference. Believe me, I've seen this in boardrooms over the years when I worked in finance and business consulting. Boardroom battles, that 1%, oh, it's so vital. So the big thing though is that the liability of the shareholders to the losses, if you like, or the problems of the company is limited to the, to the shares that they own. That's it. My house, my investment business sits on one side. Lovely. My guitar teaching business, Neil Camden Limited, does its own thing. And it's completely separate from me. There are big tax advantages to having your own company. Uh, the big one for me is inheritance tax. Inheritance tax, I think, is a, a particularly nasty thing. They used to call them death duties. Now, if you die with a net worth and an estate of over £325,000, your kids or whoever you leave the money to are going to be paying 40% tax on that. Now, I don't know about you, but 
I think that's appalling. So I don't want to give the tax man another 40% of everything I've worked for. So if I can put it all into a company structure and pass the shares on, gifted shares they're called, then there's no inheritance tax until the shares are sold now. The heirs only pay capital gains tax if they sell the shares. That's a great way of heading off tax. Capital gains tax is as low as 18% for basic rate taxpayers, and that's a heck of a lot better than 40% inheritance tax, isn't it? So let's just wind this up now. The, the big benefit for a limited company, and also for limited liability partnerships, is that they can operate SAS pensions. These are small self-administered schemes, which are a little more expensive than SIPs. They're a bit more work, but they allow more flexible investments. Well worth looking at. Because there's no reason why a SAS pension, for instance, can't buy an office and then charge you and your various businesses for using your own office and uh, pay those rents into your pension and make you even more money. So, guys... It's worth investigating pen, uh, company structures. Whether you're a sole trader or a partner or a limited company, have a think about how you can shape and form your various business entities to work efficiently, to minimize your tax burden, to maximize your security, and to give you more choices. Because if you have an understanding of the even the basics of, of structures and the various tax regimes, you can save an awful, awful lot of money in tax, completely legally, completely morally and ethically right, which will add to your wealth, your ability to make choices and have a life that you enjoy instead of working your backside off just to pay taxes that have actually been optional for years, but you didn't know how to ameliorate your tax burden. So, let me know how you get on. If there, this rings any bells for you, and if you decide to take action, get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Email me, it's info at neilcamado.com, and you can find me on Twitter, where I am, at Tudor Podcast. And now join me next time on the Tudor Podcast, where it's all about how to start, grow, and love your tutoring business. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.